Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody. Episode 15, College Football Betting. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody enjoyed what was kind of a fun weekend in college football. I called it on my on, on, Aaron, on the Aaron Torres podcast, I called it Almost Upset Saturday as just about everybody was on the ropes at some point, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, etc., only to pull out the win, everyone except, of course, Penn State. But it was a really fun weekend. We now get to look ahead to a loaded Week 9 slate with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn. And this is, of course, the first episode of the week where we have our first look at the opening lines for Week 9 in college football. Obviously, later in the week, we will do the deep dive. This is the first reaction. I do apologize that it was a little bit late, but... Your boy had a little bit of a power outage at his house on Monday afternoon. We were out of power for about four hours, went over to Buffalo Wild Wings, had a couple cold ones like Kenny Pickett, and then came back and did this show. So we'll get to the Week 9 slate in a minute. Before we do, though, I want to welcome back our partners at DraftKings. Football season is rolling, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an incredible offer for listeners of college football betting with Aaron Torres. New users can bet $5 on any pro football game. And if their team wins, they automatically win $200 in free cash, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings, all just because you decided to listen to college football betting with Aaron Torres. So pick any game, any game you want. Just as an example, Thursday night, we got a big one, Green Bay at Arizona. You like Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, he still owns you. Go ahead, DraftKings, click the link in the show description here. Bet $5. If Green Bay wins, you automatically get $200 in free cash courtesy of DraftKings. Here's what you do. Click the link in the show description and sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook. Make your first deposit. Bet $5. Make one money line bet $5 for any team. And if your team wins, you automatically get $200 thanks to our friends at DraftKings. It's the best offer going in sports betting. So act now. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call or text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Must be 21 plus or over to enter, 18 plus or over in Wyoming. 
Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit. Minimum $5 wager on this particular giveaway. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, everybody. Let's get into this week nine slate. And it's really interesting because... Look, the last few weeks, we, we can all we can all be honest here, right, is that sometimes we have these great slates in college football, sometimes not as much, and I really was genuinely excited about what has happened the last few weeks. Like, I was genuinely excited about Pitt-Clemson. I was genuinely excited about UCLA-Oregon, and I do think that a lot of these games, like, you can't tell me that, say, in Ohio State-Indiana didn't show us something about... Ohio State about Indiana, same with Pitt against Clemson, same with, frankly, Clemson in that Pitt game. And so I, do, I, I hate this narrative that some weekends are kind of quote-unquote better than others because you can always learn something about teams in college football. And again, this is college football. We only get 14, 15 of these weeks all year, so you, gotta, so you have to enjoy them. But with that said, I will also readily admit, there is an extra little pep in my step. An extra little tingle for me throughout this week getting ready for this week nine slate because we have all these incredible games, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, but also just a lot of other really interesting ones. Pitt-Miami to me is interesting. Purdue-Nebraska to me is interesting. I would even say Iowa-Wisconsin, as boring as it's going to be, has some interest in terms of what the spread is and what it is says about those two teams. So let's get into it. And again, as always, this is the early week reaction to the opening lines. Opinions are always subject to change. I just try to collect as much information early in the week as possible. Then I consider all the other factors down the road as we get updates on injuries, weather reports, things like that. That said, the first game, we all know what the big one is, right? It's Ohio State hosting Penn State. Spread is now 18 and a half as I record here late Monday night. And again, I apologize that I got this show out so late. Uh, obviously, the goal is to get it out early Monday. We had a power outage, so I apologize. But spread is now 18 and a half. It opened at 16 and a half. The over-under is 59 and a half. And look, we know what the story of this game is. The story is two teams, two ships passing in the night, two teams going in the complete opposite directions. In terms of Penn State is concerned, look, I, I do feel bad for Penn State and Penn State fans. Three weeks ago, we're talking about them. They were in everyone's playoff three weeks ago. They go to Iowa. Sean Clifford gets hurt. You sit there and say, well, they lost to Iowa. They would have won had Sean Clifford not gotten hurt. They were up 17-3 to for people to forget. Get to the bye week. Get healthy. You'll be fine. Then, of course, we know what happened last week with Iowa or with the Illinois game. They lose in nine overtimes. And now they basically went from out of the playoff picture to I don't even think they're going to go to a major bowl game because they still have Ohio State, they still have Michigan, they still have Michigan State, and in terms of this one is concerned, I think the spread feels about right. Listen, I understand that it was just two or three weeks ago that Penn State was ranked in the top five in the country, but one, you do have a banged up Sean Clifford coming in, and two, the other thing is, from Penn State's perspective, while the defense has been fantastic, the offense has struggled all year long. You could go back to week one against Wisconsin. They win 16 to 10. If they don't pop a few big plays in that game, late in that game, they don't beat Wisconsin dating back to, what, the first weekend in September? You go through the rest of the season. Even as Sean Clifford had some highs, and I thought he was actually playing pretty well week three, week four, week five before the Iowa injury, this was a team that has not been able to run the ball. Under 100 yards against Auburn. Under 100 yards against Wisconsin. 
Iowa, by technicality, they went over 100 yards, but 36 of those yards were from Sean Clifford early in the game before he got hurt. You take out those three runs, they rush for about 60, 65 yards, somewhere in that vein. So they haven't moved the ball all year. They are they have a banged-up quarterback, and this is how you get an 18.5-point spread in this game. From Ohio State's perspective, I know it's easy to sit there and say, they haven't played anybody. Well, who have they beaten? And I get it. I think you can genuinely argue that the three easiest games on their Big Ten schedule, considering they still have to go to Nebraska and get Pitts, get Purdue at home, in addition to Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan, you could genuinely argue the, the, the three easiest games of the Big Ten schedule were the first three at Rutgers, Maryland, at Indiana. But the bottom line remains, I always say this, guys and girls. You guys know this. I don't ever dismiss a dominant win because a team is quote-unquote supposed to dominate, okay? Like, like it still matters and it still means something when over the last four games, you put up 50-plus points, including 66 against, uh, including 66 against Maryland. On top of that, you're going to hear this a lot this week, but I truly believe it. Listen, I said on the Aaron Torres podcast on Monday, I really believe Ohio State's the second best team in the country right now behind Georgia. And so I bring it up just to say that when I look at this game, Ohio State is trending in the absolute right direction. And I think you can argue this feels a lot like 2014. They lose early, and they, they struggle early, and they start to figure it out and get better as the weeks go on. In terms of how and why, there's really three reasons why. One, first of all, the defense is significantly better. I give Ryan Day a ton of credit. In the middle of the year, he shook up his coaching staff, took Kerry Coombs, his defensive coordinator, out of the play call calling role, basically made him a quote-unquote walk-around coordinator. In other words, he doesn't coach a specific position group, put together the game plan. He just goes and works with each individual unit throughout the week, helps put together the game plan, and then on game days, he is up in the box helping out uh, every everybody and everyone on that defense. It has allowed the defense to play better, to play faster. It's really funny. I'll tell you guys an interesting story. I have a pretty good source that's plugged in at the Ohio State uh, football program. And when they lost to Oregon, I was texting with him and he said something, you know, I said something to the effect of that was the first time I can remember Ohio State looking like the slower, less athletic team on the field. And he said, I don't think they were slower and less athletic. I think they were playing timid and scared. That appears to be the case now as that defense is flying around. On top of that, look, C.J. Stroud is developed. I think if you listen to the Aaron Torres podcast, you already know I had C.J. Stroud on my radio show Saturday night. He said, look, I feel 100% better. I was banged up early. He actually sat out the Akron game. 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions since he's returned from injury. 73% completion percentage. That tells you everything you need to know. And then finally from there, the emergence of Travion Henderson. He's been awesome. Freshman running back. Crazy stat. We all, and they talked about this on the Indiana game the other night, we all remember that magical, unbelievable season with Maurice Claret as the running back of this team. Maurice Claret had 18 touchdowns back in 2002 during that magical season. Travion Henderson has 14 already with five games left in the regular season, and that shows you how that guy has emerged this year. So again, it's pretty simple with this one. I know the numbers going up. You couldn't, you didn't get the best number when it opened up right at 16 and a half. But I'm just telling you, there's a reason. These two programs feel like two ships passing in the night. Obviously, later on in the week, I will give you an update as we learn more about the health of Sean Clifford, about the health of some of the players with uh, Ohio State. But right now. 
now, again, this number feels about right to me. 59 and a half sounds like an interesting number for a team that continues to put up 50. Oh, and there's one other thing, too, that I did want to mention, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this game, but uh, the other thing that is worth noting about this and this would make me scared if I was a Penn State fan, not just for this season, but if James Franklin sticks around beyond 2021, which he might have to now because I think they're going to finish 7-5. and five. Here's the other concern if you're a Penn State fan or even if you're just a gambler thinking of backing Penn State. These two teams appear to be getting further apart rather than closer together in terms of talent. Penn State beats Ohio State in 2016. Ohio State still ends up going to the playoff. 2017-2018, it is a one-point game. Penn State loses in both of those games. 2019, it's a nine-point loss. Last year, granted, it's COVID. It's a weird year. There's no fans in the stands. It ends up as a 13-point loss. And so I just sit there and say, you know, if I'm a Penn State fan, that would be of concern to me. These two teams seem to be getting further apart, not closer together. All right, let's transition to the other big game in the Big Ten. Michigan, hail to the victors. Michigan is open as a four-point favorite up to four and a half now against Michigan State. The game is in East Lansing at Michigan State. The, the over-under open at 52. It is down to 51. And listen, I'll say this. You can criticize Jim Harbaugh for a lot of things. He gets crushed for an awful lot. But I will say this. Doesn't it feel like Michigan's a bit more battle-tested than Michigan State is coming into this one? Now, you could argue Nebraska was driving if Adrian Martinez doesn't fumble. How, like, listen. It happens, though. You, you, you know, sometimes breaks go your way, sometimes they don't. And right now, I think Michigan is the more battle-tested team. This is a team that has already won at Wisconsin. This is a team that has already won at Nebraska, as I just referenced. And Michigan State, listen, I think the Mel Tucker thing is incredible. I think what he is doing at that program uh, needs to be praised, and he probably should be like the early national coach of the year. But let's call a spade a spade here. Their entire, like the entire reason why we love Michigan State is because they beat an awful Miami team that was 3-4 and four early in the year when Miami was still ranked. Barely held on against Nebraska, on and on and on and on and on. In terms of the two teams, listen, we know a ton about Michigan. We've seen Michigan a ton. So let's talk a little bit about Michigan State in this game. And what I would say is this. Listen, in, in some ways, I give them credit because they have evolved a lot over the course of the year. Uh, early on in the season, they were very run-centric with Kenneth Walker. Peyton Thorne, their quarterback, has played much better over the course of the last couple weeks in terms of overall statistics. 300 yards passing against Western Carolina, 300 yards passing against Rutgers. He's also had some real clunkers here, too, over the past couple weeks. Um, only 126 yards passing against Indiana, 120, 183 yards passing against Nebraska. And it really shows with the ebbs and valleys, peaks and flows of this offense. When he gets going, this offense is rolling. 588 yards against Rutgers. When he struggles, this offense struggles. 241 yards against Indiana, 252 yards in overtime against Nebraska. And so again, it just comes down to what can you expect to him, but what can you expect from him? Now, from the Michigan perspective, if you do like Michigan State as a home underdog, the, the good thing that you have going for you is this. Peyton Thorne, Michigan State's quarterback, has not been great. 
Michigan is not a team that forces a ton of turnovers. Now, they have a good turnover margin because they themselves do not force a ton of turnovers. But in terms of this season, they have forced 10 in seven games, only four total interceptions in seven games. So it's not as though they're turning you over at an insane rate like, say, an Iowa does, like, say, a Cincinnati does, things like that. They only have 10 total turnovers this year. As a matter of fact, Michigan State has actually forced more turnovers than Michigan. Michigan. So if you're worried about the passing game, if you're worried about uh, Peyton Thorne, all that stuff, that is the good news if you, you want to back Michigan State, is that Michigan does not force a ton of turnovers, and so that's good news uh, if you kind of believe Michigan State is the team here. Now in terms of Michigan, what I would say is this, as solid as they are across the board, the one thing that we do know is pretty simple, is uh, it, it comes down to every time I talk about Michigan, I talk about the same thing, but it's important. Are they going to let Cade McNamara loose, and are they going to let him throw the ball? You cannot, as, as the season goes on, I understand it's the Big Ten. The weather is going to get worse. We'll talk about weather, I'm sure, quite a bit on Thursday's show. But in terms of this time of year and these kinds of games, this is not when you can get conservative. This is not when Jim Harbaugh can go into his little shell and refuse to, ru to throw the football and think this is 1980s uh, Michigan, Michigan State or 1990s NFL cold weather football where you're going to run the ball 40 times a game. That is not going to work against Michigan State. That is not going to work against a solid Michigan State run defense, which has had a lot of success this year. They rank in the top 30 nationally in run defense. They've only given up five rushing touchdowns all season long. And in terms of yards per carry, they actually rank, uh, in terms of yards per carry, Michigan State actually ranks very highly as well. And so I bring all this up just to say it's going to come down to is Jim Harbaugh willing to let Cade McNamara loose this game because again Michigan State you can't just run the ball now the credit to Jim Harbaugh he has been willing to do that specifically in the Wisconsin game a few weeks ago when they went on the road against that great run defense he is going to have to do it again but just a fascinating clash of styles Michigan we know they play defense we know they run the ball the last thing I'll tell you I gave you a little history lesson on the Penn State Ohio State rivalry I'll give you a little on the Penn, on the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry as well. As I told you, the over-under was 52. It is down to 51. And what's worth noting, that over-under, that number feels about right for this rivalry. In the Harbaugh era, here are the final scores. 27-20 in 2000, or 27-23, excuse me, in 2015. That was the famous blocked punt return for a touchdown win. That's 50 points in the total. 32-23, Michigan won in 2016, so 55 points. 2017, 14-10, Michigan State win. 2018, 21-7, Michigan win. 2019, 44-10, Michigan win. And 2020, 27-24, Michigan win. And so I bring all this up to say that the over-under is currently at 51 in four of the five years that, or five of the six years, excuse me, since Jim Harbaugh has gotten there, the over-under has been 51 or under, but in four of those six years, it's been between 50 and 55. So crazy, crazy, crazy to think about. But this game always gets played in that phone booth, mid-20s, upper 20s, early 30s, something to consider with this game. Last one, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, we'll break down everything else. The last big one. Uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. You talk about a cocktail party, Georgia fans, 
enjoy this one, baby. If this, I'll, I'll say this. I say it on the Aaron Torres podcast all the time. If this isn't Georgia's year right now here in 2021, uh, if this isn't that right now, I will tell you, Georgia's, if this is not Georgia's season, Georgia's season does not exist. They open as a 14-point favorite. The over-under is 51. DraftKings did not put out a line on Sunday, so this is a relatively new line. I suspect they were hoping to get some answers on JT Daniels. I suspect they were hoping to get some answers on Anthony Richardson. Unfortunately, it does feel like everything is basically status quo. JT Daniels may play. Anthony Richardson will play. Dan Mullen says he's not going to be the starter. He is going to play both quarterbacks. And that ultimately might be the demise of Dan Mullen. I know we don't we, we talk about everything from a gambling perspective on this show, but just from the college football, uh, keeping yourself off the hot seat and keeping your fans happy, you got to uh, listen. I respect Dan Mullen. I respect Emory Jones for sticking around Florida. At some point, though, you just got to put the best guy in and that gives the guy that gives you the best chance to win. And that guy's Emory Jones. And so in terms of the game, this the game itself, a couple things. One, on the one hand, I will tell you this is I go back to last year and it's funny, right? Because I, we're all prisoners of the moment. We all kind of forget about uh, we all kind of forget about what has happened previously. But it, it was this game last year that we kind of learned, like Stetson Bennett now, right? We all love Stetson Bennett. He's unbelievable. He's the future. Uh, you know, he took the job from JT Daniels. This was the game where we kind of realized Stetson Bennett can't get the job done, and he actually got benched in this game and never really got back in, and JT Daniels took over. Last year, Georgia was basically this team with a slightly worse defense and a slightly worse run game, but Stetson Bennett carried them, but they couldn't beat Bama with Mac Jones, and they could not beat uh, Dan Mullen and this high-powered offense last year with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. And so I bring it up because now the competition, the next probably five, six weeks, it's going to get tougher. I know Auburn was tough. I know Kentucky was tough. But if you survive Florida, eventually you're going to have to probably play Bama in the SEC championship game. Maybe it'll be A&M. Maybe it'll be Ole Miss. At some point, you're going to need to be able to put up points. You're going to play Oklahoma. You're going to play Ohio State in the college football playoff. You're going to have to put up points. And so I wonder if this is the week that we start to remember, wait a second now, there is a reason that Stetson Bennett was last year's starting quarterback, lost the job. At the same time, what I would also say if you're a Georgia fan, what you got to feel good about is Florida, the last time we saw them against LSU, what happened? Oh, they gave up a record-setting number of rushing yards to LSU, almost 300 yards rushing to LSU. So maybe this is the week that, again, you can just pound the ball with Zeus Samir White, with uh, James Cook, with all those guys, and you don't have to worry about the possibility of having to throw the ball. From Florida's perspective, it'll be really interesting. Again, Dan Mullen claims that he plans on playing both quarterbacks. Not the move that I would personally make especially when Anthony Richardson came in and led four scoring drives almost immediately. Now, he did have a turnover against LSU, but four scoring drives against LSU, not the guy that I would put in, but I, I, I don't know. Dan Mullen seems to want to stick with Emory Jones, so it'll be fascinating to see. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we know it will be strength on strength. Florida, the number four rushing offense in college football, number one rushing offense in the SEC, actually number two behind Ole Miss, 254 yards per game of rushing offense. And we all know who has the best defense in college football. That is, of course, the Georgia Bulldogs' record-setting numbers, potentially. They are only giving up 6.6 points per game. So we're going to see real quick. Uh, I do think this is kind of a bad matchup for Florida, but Weird things tend to happen in rivalry games. We all know that. And so we'll see where this number goes as the week goes on. All right, this is what I want to do. I want to take a quick break. 
I want to come on back, and I want to talk about some of these other big games. Ole Miss, Auburn. How about Clemson as a double-digit favorite? What is what are, what are they? What are the odds makers doing to us? Are they begging us to put all of our money on the other side? We'll also talk about some quirky lines in the Big Ten beyond Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, I am back. Good to be back, good to be back. And this week is so loaded. Let's just jump right into the next set of games. We'll, we'll move through these guys a little bit quicker. But next intriguing one, another matchup of top 25 teams, Ole Miss at Auburn. How about this? Open as a pick. All the money is coming in on Auburn. Auburn now a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under was at 66. Now it's at 64-and-a-half. And what I would say about that is this. This is worth noting. All of the money appears to be coming in on Auburn. Well, guess where all the money came in on last week? LSU against Ole Miss. So history could be repeating itself here as the professional money coming in on the opponent against Ole Miss. And what I would say with Ole Miss is a couple things. One, obviously Matt Corral's okay. Lane Kiffin pulled a fast one on all of us. I was one of those people that thought that Matt Corral might really be banged up. But then on top of that, what I would also say, this Ole Miss defense quietly has not been terrible the last couple weeks. Now, you know, they ain't, they ain't Georgia. They ain't the 85 Bears. But after that awful game against Arkansas, 26 points allowed versus Tennessee, 17 allowed versus LSU. So they are starting to get better. They are starting to get better. How about this? Even just statistically, last week they dropped from 111th nationally in rushing defense to 98th in rushing defense. So one game, they dropped 13 spots in a good way in terms of the rushing defense. What will be interesting, though, for me is this. Auburn's defense against Ole Miss's offense. Ole Miss's offense is awesome. Like, you don't need me to tell you we're at the point. I don't have to break down. Like, we know how good Ole Miss is on offense. We know how well they move the ball. But what's kind of worth noting, looking at Auburn's defense, they are sound and solid on both sides of the ball. I don't think they do anything at an incredible level, though, and that kind of concerns me and that kind of intrigues me in terms of this game itself. Now, the one thing I will say about Auburn, I will give them credit for this. The one thing they do well, and I actually, you know, I got to say, I questioned that Brian Harson hire when it first happened. He's starting to look good, and what, what really stands out to me about Brian Harson is they just, they're a sound well-coached football team that doesn't beat themselves. And anybody who watched, uh, you know, the, the Gus Malzahn era knows that that was not the case under Gus Malzahn. So why do I bring it up? It is for this reason. It is because of the fact that Brian Harson has this team well-coached. They don't beat themselves. They're actually really good. While statistically they're not great in any one thing on defense, the one thing that they do well, they do not give up big plays, which is obviously how Ole Miss beats you, right? In this season, they have only given up 25 plays of 20 yards or more, which sounds like a lot, but it actually ranks 16th in the country. Just for some context, um, you know, that number is really good. Again, 16th in the country, and when you start to look at how other teams are doing, that is actually pretty good. So keep that in mind. If you like Ole Miss, all the money came in last week against Ole Miss, so if you feel like back in Ole Miss, I get it. Auburn does a good job of limiting big plays. Obviously, Ole Miss beats you on big plays, so we will see on that one. Let's switch out of the SEC for a minute. Let's go to the ACC. And my one rule on this show, I never tell you how to bet. I never tell you where to put your money. Why do I bring that up, though? It is because <sighs> Clemson is a 10-point favorite against Florida State. Now, they actually opened as an 11-point favorite against Florida State, but I will tell you this. I don't get all these things right, 
But when that pit line was two and a half, three last week, I said, everybody thinks that Vegas has finally, quote unquote, caught up with Clemson. They finally have adjusted the lines. I said, that line's not right. I said Pitt should be at least a touchdown favorite in this game. They win by 10. And so when you look at Clemson, I don't get it. The over-under is about 46 and a half in this game. I do not get how Clemson is a double-digit favorite against anybody in college football this year. Remember, this is a team that has not scored more than 20 points against an FBS opponent all season long in, uh, in regulation. They haven't. Think about that. That is an insane stat for Clemson. They have not scored more this entire season than 21 points in regular, or 20 points, excuse me, in regulation all season long. This is what they've done in regulation. Three points against Georgia, that's excusable. 14 against Georgia Tech. In a game against uh, NC State, excuse me, they scored 14. That went to overtime, they end up scoring 21. They scored 19 against Boston College, 17 against Syracuse, 17 against Pittsburgh. That is awful, okay? So the idea that they are a double-digit favorite blows my mind. And what I would just say really quick on Florida State, they're getting better. And you can look at the Florida State thing, and they're kind of off everybody's radar, but a couple things. One, they have won three games in a row. They are... Uh, they are going up against a good Clemson defense. I will not deny that. Clemson still ranks number three nationally in scoring defense, which is an incredible stat considering how much they're on the field with that lousy offense. But Florida State, let's really break down because right now they are three and four overall and they started 0-4 and, and the sky was falling and people were talking about Mike Norvell. But let's really break down what Florida State has done this season, okay? Because here is the resume of Florida State. Three-point loss to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's pretty good. Three-point loss to Jacksonville State, that one's kind of inexcusable, but again, they make one tackle, they win that game. Wake Forest, they lose to, now we know Wake Forest is good. Then they lose to Louisville, and the last three games they've won. They beat Syracuse, they beat UNC, they crushed UMass. More importantly, their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, is healthy. He was out early in the season, he is back, they are 3-0 since he has gotten back to 100%. But again, you look at the losses. Three-point loss to Notre Dame, they could have won. Three-point loss to Jacksonville State, they should have won. Wake Forest is really good. So you have one eight-point loss to Louisville, and Louisville's not that bad either. They're sitting at 4-3 and three this year. I think this Florida State team is better. I don't understand this over-under. Maybe I'm missing something. We'll continue to monitor this one throughout the week. Let's rip through some other games. First of all, another game in the ACC that's kind of interesting. As I got set to record this, Miami at Pitt. I love Pitt. I thought Pitt looked awesome the other day. But apparently some early money coming in on Miami. The spread was 10. As I sat down to record, it is down to 9.5, the over under 61. And what I would say is a couple things. One, with Pitt, we know the deal with this team. They score, they score a lot. Um, but what I would also say, I think we actually, this is going to sound crazy, okay? I think we actually have to give a little bit of credit to Manny Diaz here. And I think it's easy to tear him apart, tear him down, all that stuff. But go ahead and look at Miami's schedule. So they're 3-4, and four, and oh, Miami stinks, fire Manny Diaz. Well, they lost to Alabama in week one. Nobody beats Alabama in week one. They destroy everybody when they have more than one week to prepare. Beat Appalachian State. Appalachian State's a good football team. They lose to Michigan State. Don't think we all realized how good Michigan State was at the time. Beat Central Connecticut. They lose by two to Virginia. That was the game where they hit the, cross, hit the upright at the end of regulation. They would have won that game if they had made that field goal. Keep in mind, by the way, Virginia's a 6-2 and two football team right now. They lose to UNC by three, and then they beat NC State last week. I think it's a good football team. They're playing hard, and the other thing to consider, think about who they lost. 
They lost De'Ara King for the season to an injury. They lost their best running back, Cam Harris, to an injury. They just announced on Monday that their best defensive player, Bubba Bolden, their starting safety, is out for the season. So I, I'm not telling you how, to, how I'm handicapping this game, but what I'm saying is they have lost a lot of bodies. Manny Diaz has this team playing hard. I actually think we need to give him a little bit of credit. I know it's easy to tear him down. I know it's Miami. I know it's easy to say they need to be competing for national championships. I'm just telling you, I think that team's actually playing pretty hard for him. Now, the fact that they uh, don't have the talent of Alabama, Clemson, whatever, that's worth criticizing because you should always recruit well at Miami. But I do think maybe some of the heat on Manny Diaz is a little bit unjustified. Let's rip through a couple other games. Uh, a couple very interesting ones. You know, Texas Tech at Oklahoma, the early money is actually coming in on Texas Tech. Don't know if you saw Monday. Texas Tech hired, fired, excuse me, their head coach, Matt Wells. So uh, you guess your guess is as good as mine as to how they will respond to playing at Oklahoma after they fired their head coach. Kentucky, Mississippi State, very interesting one. Open as uh, Mississippi State minus one at DraftKings. All the money early coming in on Kentucky. Kentucky is now a one-point favorite with good reason. Kentucky 7-1 coming off the bye. Thought they competed well against Georgia. The one thing worth noting, they play very good pass defense at Kentucky. That is obviously very important against Mississippi State. They have the number 22 ranked uh, pass defense in the country in terms of yards per completion. So they keep plays in front of them. They don't allow big plays. That is a big factor against Mississippi State and those cowbells from uh, Mississippi State in Starkville. Real quick, couple interesting ones uh, out of the Big Ten. Purdue at Nebraska. Purdue was ranked as of like two days ago. Then they lose to Wisconsin. Now they are unranked. Nebraska opened as a six-point favorite. Nebraska is now a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll say this. Um, I, I, I believe Nebraska is one of the 25 best teams I've seen, but at some point they got to prove it. I mean, they played. They could have easily beat Michigan. They could have. They should have beaten Michigan State. Could have beaten. Uh, could have beaten uh, Oklahoma back in the day. They also took a bad loss to Minnesota. And so I've said it. I think Scott Frost is probably the right guy. He's not the guy that we saw at Central Florida. That was probably a little bit fluky, a little bit weird. But what I will say, statistically, this team is awesome. But at some point, you got to start winning some games that matter. And so this is a big one. All the early money coming in on Nebraska will be fascinating to watch this one as we get set for that game. Last one, you want a fascinating line. So college football fans in general, I don't believe are big fans of, uh, of Iowa. And I get it. Uh, I am not surprised by that. Iowa plays kind of a slow, boring, methodical style. They basically wait for you to make mistakes. And so because of it, uh, not surprised at all that college football fans do not like Iowa. But you know who else apparently does not like Iowa? Uh, the oddsmakers. Because the oddsmakers have Wisconsin as a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Iowa this weekend when they play. So how about that? Iowa ranked in the top 10 nationally, okay? They are ranked right now number nine in the country. They play at Wisconsin. They are currently six and one. Wisconsin is four and three, and Wisconsin is a three and a half point favorite. So that one, listen, if you want to bet that game, I never tell you what to do. But good luck to you because Wisconsin's a favorite. All the money's coming in on Wisconsin. I'm sure there's some great metrics that reflect that you should go ahead and bet Wisconsin, but. Iowa is the number one team in the country in turnover margin. Wisconsin is the last ranked team in turnover margin. 
There is nobody statistically that has a worse turnover margin than Wisconsin as of last week. So you want to bet on Iowa or you want to bet on Wisconsin. Good luck to you because basically Wisconsin's exact weakness, the thing that they do worse than anyone in college football is going up against the strength of Iowa. All right, I think that's it for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. I appreciate so very much your guys' support. Again, it blows me away. Every single week, these numbers continue to go up. All I would say is this, is if you do like the show, I always tell you, but I really do mean it, share it with friends, share it with family, share it with buddies that you think would enjoy it. But I am going to get out of here. Also worth noting, by the way, the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Uh, Pickin' Pigskin Winners is our NFL podcast. Uh, two, uh, two really sharp uh, pro football betting minds. Wes Easley and his buddy run that one. That is part of Aaron Torres Media. So if you like the pro football side of things, Pickin' Pigskin Winners is, is the one there. But I think that is going to be all for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. I will obviously be back later this week to talk about all of the week nine lines. What a fun weekend it is going to be. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you for everything that you do for this show. Every single week, the numbers continue to go up. So thank you. Continue to share with friends. Continue to share with family. If you want some just good old-fashioned college football talk, make sure to listen to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. I am out of here. Enjoy the evening. Enjoy the day. Shout out to, uh, to everybody that loves this show. Shout out to Scott Frost and Iowa as well. Cannot believe Iowa is a three-and-a-half-point underdog. I can't believe Clemson is a 10-point favorite, by the way. We'll be back on Friday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.